Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spokespeak. Hi, my name is Peter Russell-Smith, and I'm your co-host for Spokespeak. And Spokespeak is a community designed specifically for salespeople to ask questions, to share tips, to give some comments on any of the content that we've produced. And joining me is my co-host, Adam. Hi, Adam. Hi, thanks for thanks for having me, Peter. Um, I'm Adam Bell. I'm really looking forward to jumping into this, um, reviewing some questions that we have today, and doing some uh, doing our first HubSpot demo as well. Very good, very good. So, if you'd like to ask some questions or you've got some tips to share around sales, remember that you can just email us on hello at spokespeak.com. You can either type out your email or you can just leave us a voice file um, and we'll read it out on air and see if we can see if we can help. So why don't we get started? Okay. All right. So um, our first question comes from Dan in Leeds in England. And Dan writes, hi, Spokespeak. I sell a SaaS product and I have been an account executive for six months. My question is, how do you prepare for a video call with a qualified lead? Thanks for all your help and tips. Regards, Dan. So, Dan, it's a really good question. Adam, what are your thoughts on our first question and Dan's question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a great question, as you say. I'd um, I'd want to really dig into, in the first instance, what we what we mean by qualified. So I'd really like to understand how much we know about the prospect at the current time. And that's going to help us, I would think, get equipped for that that first video meeting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The the the, the key is in qualified, as you say. So so Dan, if this is hopefully this might help. If you're early in the sales cycle, and by qualified you mean it's been an MQL or a marketing qualified lead then without being disingenuous to our cousins in marketing, I suggest you've got a lot of work to do. So, so I think what you need to do is to, on your first series of calls, particularly around qualification, is give yourself a, a qualification framework, whether you're using BANT or IMPACT or any of those. You, know, you really want to know what the customer is looking for in terms of the solution. You really want to understand their budget. You want to understand who makes the decision. You want access to the decision makers. You know, you want to know who you're competing with and you really want to know the timing of the deal. So depending where you are in the sales cycle, there's a lot of information to unpack. Now, a lot of it, you're not going to be able to get out of one call uh, and qualified might just mean they've clicked on a button, they've filled out a form. So so you really probably got a lot of, a lot of work to do. And, and I think it comes back a lot to your ICP and your core value proposition. So firstly, is this qualified lead someone that you really want to capture as a as a customer and and if they are what it is about their business and what it is about the situation that they're in that will tend to mean that your solution is something that they can consider so not quite enough information for us to be very specific there dan but hopefully a few tips uh will will help so thank you for your question adam have you got one yeah, so let me let me bring one up here. So we had a question from Jade in Melbourne, Australia. And the question is, what is the best way to book 
a meeting with finance departments or individuals within finance departments. So they added some context. So they said we're selling Oracle EPM to mid-market manufacturing companies um, and they've been doing cold calls, cold emails. LinkedIn, they said, doesn't seem to be too effective. Um, selling to CFOs and financial controllers. So any advice on uh, on on doing that? <laughs> Jay, look, it's a, it's a big question. Mid-market ERP, um, you know, there's two things with selling ERP, as you probably know. I'm not sure how long you've been in a role. You didn't give us any context to that. But if you're fairly new in the role, a couple of things with ERP sales um, is that it's an extremely long sales cycle. And not only a long sales cycle, the effort that's required to switch an ERP, uh, particularly in a manufacturing organization, is really, really extensive. So lots and lots of people are really reluctant to do it. So the business case uh, and the reasons why they should be going for your particular solution really have to revolve around either cost reduction, you know, operational efficiency, the ability to, to simplify operations and to understand that when you're pitching to the financial controller or the, the the FD or whoever is in that role, you kind of want to done a lot of research operationally around how they currently function, the markets thereafter, to begin to build a picture of what are the inconsistencies, where is the where is the chinks in their armor that you believe that your solution can solve. It's a tough sell. It's a really tough sell. They're, they're long, they're hard, uh, but they're incredibly rewarding. So... Um, yeah, Adam, your 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 thoughts. I think it's it's a it, it's a fantastic question, and I'm going to um, have a foot in both sales and one foot into my marketing camp here. So I'll be interested in your in your take on this, Peter. I was interested in the comment that LinkedIn hadn't seemed to be too effective, and something I think we've been seeing more and more is that LinkedIn can work and can be effective but you have to be very deliberate and intentional about it uh, and and your approach to the platform and people on the platform so it's very uh content led um the the targeting capabilities uh, in terms of prospecting absolutely are there but i think you need to be really nuanced in in order to cut through to this senior audience that you're that you're trying to reach with as you say a very complicated product and a complicated sell so making that initial introduction the, these people are definitely on that platform but how you engage them in the first instance i think you need to be really um conscious of Right. So, so for Jade, you've got to, when you're talking about nuanced and, and content and stuff, what, what you're saying is, is that you need to plan out the person you want to talk to and then plan out the series of articles or viewpoints or considerations for that person and make sure they get fed to them over a, a, a consistent period of time. Is that how we should, you know, we should think about what you just said? Adam, have I got that right? I would absolutely say so, and I, I think that's where the the role, perhaps, of um, good old fashioned sales enablement can come in in terms of having those materials, those be it white papers, be it articles, blogs, like you say. But 
certainly being able to sequence them in in such a way that these people are going to stand up and and pay attention yeah and the other thing is if you're going for a you know if you're going for a financial controller then hopefully you've already met with the head of sales you've already met with the head of manufacturing you understand their market dynamic you've got a good view of how their supply chain works you know where they fit in their supply chain you've got a good view of their relative competitive advantage and how they win business how they market their channels to market and so hopefully all of that particularly within the context of the of the oracle suite is you should have some pointers as to which way that content should go and and hopefully all of that other research will will come together and mean that you either um start to warm and social sell to the to the CFO as Adam's suggesting there which I think is a great idea and equally, you know, that you can get someone that you're already selling to to go and sponsor you in to see this person because um, they're often the gatekeeper. They're often maybe not the decision maker, but they're certainly key uh, influences in the decision, uh, particularly revolving around budgets. And often the CFO has quite a wider remit and a wider view of actually what's going on in the organisation. So... Jade, hope hope some of that maybe give us some guidance and some tips. Let us know how you get on. It'd be great to hear hear uh, how you go. Thank you very much for the question too. Right. My next one is from Jack in Austin, Texas. And Jack writes, I'm in enterprise sales and my average sales cycle is 12 to 18 months. While I love my job, the length of sales cycle is actually boring. Once we get the verbal, I feel like I take a backseat in the whole process, legal and everyone else piles in, and I feel like I've made my sale at verbal, but usually I've got to wait between 60 to 90 days after the lawyers get involved before I actually get the sale. Actually getting the sale feels like a bit of a letdown. What am I missing? Well, Jack, everyone who's in sales loves the clothes. Everyone who's in sales loves the clothes. If you don't like the clothes and you like the process, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be in sales. So so I think you like the kill. And I think you like the kill and you know you've got the kill when you've won the deal. So, so I think what's happening to you um, is that between the kill and the butchering of it, when, when your uh, professional services and software and delivery people get to it, I can understand why you're disengaged in that part. The important thing is, is that while you got, you know, the, orchestrated the whole team to get it up to the verbal, because, you know, these sorts of large transactions don't just occur just because you and one other person have, have got a great relationship. They occur because you have managed to understand the client, coach your own organization as to how they can solve the problem. And the kill is the verbal. But it's actually not because you don't get paid commission on a verbal, right? And then you're unsure whether your own organization and their organization's legal teams will actually get to jail. Um, you know, liability pops up in the middle of a crisis right the way through. So, so I think the interesting thing is 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 understand that your verbal is your kill, but you 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 really do need to stay engaged in that that third, I think you said it was sixty to ninety day period. You've got to stay engaged in there because. Your ability to orchestrate the execution of the verbal, that's a really fantastic skill to have. And I think the more you lean into that, uh, the more you'll actually enjoy the, the the inking rather than the verbal. So what, what do you think, Adam? 
yeah so it's a fantastic it's a fantastic challenge and question as you say i definitely think it's it's key it, it's key in that moment i guess to, to for me to have access to everything that's gone through that process so we're talking perhaps about some handovers where you need to bring in other members of the team but also your ability to retain control of that internal influence if you like to make sure that people are on board with your sale and ultimately going to help you through to um those completion and and, and ongoing stages probably just from my per perspective as well i think that's key to ensuring that even uh, beyond those phases you're setting yourself up well for future upsells cross sells things with these customers so there's there's perhaps an incentive um to you in terms of that motivation um yeah to really lean into and and find a way to enjoy that phase yeah brilliant jack i think the important thing is you're getting verbals so you're doing something right so well done Okay, everyone, um, that's it for this week. Uh, don't forget, email in your questions. Uh, we'll, we'll read them all, answer them on, and see if we can give you some tips and tricks, and have a great week. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>